Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, you have dreams, I have dreams, right? What stops us from achieving those dreams, though? Maybe not enough time, too scared. For me, it's iPad apps. Uh, They just take my life away. Let's talk about it after this. We're going to get into how to unleash your dreams right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Weather experts are concerned about the path of Hurricane Sandy, which is now threatening the East Coast and the Bahamas after pelting Cuba's second largest city. Flooding, heavy rains and high winds are expected to start hitting Florida today and by next week could be on the same path as Hurricane Irene took last year and could even do more damage. The hardest hit areas could be anywhere between the coastal Carolinas all the way up to Maine, with New York City and Boston certainly in the potential path. One lead forecaster for the Hydro Meteorological Prediction Center says this is going to be a high-impact event. A federal appeals court has struck down a National Rifle Association challenge that 18 to 20-year-olds should be allowed to legally purchase handguns. The three-judge panel was unanimous in their decision to uphold the 60s-era law that stopped anyone under the age of 21 from buying a handgun and said precedent states Second Amendment rights do not stop legislators from barring certain groups from being armed. NRA officials are disappointed with the decision and a representative has said they are considering their appellate options. Pentagon officials are reporting that U.S. missile defense systems hit four out of five targets in the most complicated missile defense flight test to date. The live fire tests were conducted in the Pacific near Hawaii and the surrounding areas. The defense system developed by Lockheed Martin Corporate did successfully intercept its first medium-range ballistic missile and was able to take down short- and intermediate-range targets, even successfully destroying a short-range target launched from a mobile marine vessel. In an unusual show of corporate unity, CEOs from over 80 companies, including big names like Goldman Sachs, Cisco, and Boeing, have banded together to push Congress to reduce deficit spending. Though the group largely excludes the tech and energy sector leaders, a spokesperson says that the effort is meant to help inspire a bipartisan effort that would reduce the national government's ballooning debt. One CEO who was part of the movement said that if Congress can put together a plan as soon as possible after the election, business confidence will be restored and investment and economic growth will follow. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, looking in the faces of so many bright, shiny team members today. Just so good to have you. Rob, you got something to say already? No. I You're just, chomping, uh, dude. You're chomping at the bit. Just feeling bright and shiny. This is a good <laughs> team. We've got like 20 people today. Not really, but feels like it. Uh, By 20, it's what? Did you just correct the host? Seven. Yes. Do you have One, any two, idea what that three, does to four, his self-esteem? Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> eight plus. We've got to always... The, I think that's actually the largest radio staff in the radio business today. Well, we've got to remember, Probably. Sky has four personalities that he brings to the table. Oh, so, so 11 now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, three of them were late, Sky. <laughs> anyway, um, we're just, just talking froze. about Sky who just ran into the <laughs> studio. No big deal, but I just wanted his mom and dad to know. Hey, are we on air on time? Yeah. yeah. We okay, are. so why are we complaining? His, his, pun- his punctual personality's taken over. Now. Oh, here he goes. And that was his fighter. Did you hear his fighter come out? He just turned into a fighter there. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal. Today we're talking about uh, becoming less than we think we should. Did you guys know that? We're talking about we all have goals. We all have dreams. Uh, Skyler, for example, wants to be a dancer on Broadway. It's not going to happen because he self-sabotages. Why isn't it going to happen? Okay, we'll tell you later. <laughs> a, you can't dance. B, you have no rhythm. And C, you look horrible in tights. I can't believe you know all of that about me. Oh, yeah. We've been watching. <laughs> um, but we all self-sabotage, don't we? So we all have dreams. We all have goals that we don't reach. And we're going to be bringing on an expert, uh, Dr. Slonim, Daphne Slonim who's going to walk us through what are the things, the thoughts that might be keeping us from being successful, the, se- the things that have a self-sabotage. What are the little mind games we play that keep us from succeeding? But before we do that, let's get into the human news, the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things humans do and don't do that, um, uh, you know, make us uniquely human. So we're going to go around the team here. Who's got their news for the day? Well, if you know where you can store large quantities of tainted water, Oh. You could probably get uh, a lot of money from the Japanese. Really? Like a, <laughs> are they into tainted water? Gift basket of uh, Lexuses or something. They'll, they'll, they'll make it worth your while. This could be good. Because the problem is, you remember uh, two years ago, fighting the uh, Fukushima Daihachi yeah. meltdown at the nuclear power plant there, they had to dump water onto the rods to cool it down so right. you wouldn't have a crisis worse than you did. Yes. Well, what do you do with the water when you're done? You can't just mm. let it go into the storm drains and out to the ocean. Like, somehow they, they've captured it I all. guess it won't. You don't want it to evaporate? But, well, they have, they have uh, 200,000 tons. Oh, because oh, they were just pumping in ocean water, weren't they? So that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so that's sure – uh, imagine uh, the swimming pool they'd use at the Olympics. That's – 50 of those swimming wow. pools. And so if we could – Put our heads together and figure you know out what? where to put it. All you have to do is put little children in it because they'll drink it. My kids drink their bath water every day. Oh, wonderful. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's the kind of solution they're looking for. Okay. Well, then don't ask because I'm just giving See, you they my don't, best. They don't even want to dump it back in the ocean because they don't even want the fish to drink it. My kids it. will drink it. They'll drink anything. Put it in a desert. What do there you, you do with that? Isn't that an interesting little human problem? <laughs> it solved the need. We had to, they, you know, we had to cool it down. So they cooled it down, and now they have to figure out now what. Hmm. Yeah. I think we send it out to outer space with the rest of our junk that we've been shooting up there. Did you know we've actually looked into how to accomplish that? Because you know, space is big. It's big not, space. It's space. That's Huge. what it is. Yeah. Um, they figured out, you know what? It's really not worth it to send stuff up into space yet because it costs way too much to get it up there. There's, and and well, it falls. Th- this, might, this might be yeah, worth it. <laughs> there's, there's, well, there's one big flaw with taking nuclear waste or anything into space. What happens to like one in ten rockets you try to shoot up in space? They have a problem. They blow oh, up. You know, They have true. to pull the cord and say, all right, b- blow it up. And then you have nuclear material raining down everywhere. <laughs> With our luck. But then – but one day – 
Space travel will be cheap in a yeah. wonderful future, and you won't even have to take out your trash. You just push a button, and it will go. Will that run <laughs> space? No, no, no more of those scary runs That'll out to the sweet. trash can. So, and we're gonna have some part of our, uh, some part of some galaxy far away is gonna be so ticked off because all this junk's gonna be. But floating think about in. some neighborhoods right around that. Uh, was it about six thirty-seven at night when there's the universal? Honey, take out the trash. It's like a fireworks show. You just, <laughs> Oh, you guys, there's something to look forward to there. So uh, human waste, like that. Okay, that's one way to do it. Shoot it up there. This guy's shaking his head. That's affirmative. We'll do that. By the way, Bryce, good to have you back. Glad to be back. Uh, you had to take a day off to get your hair cut? Uh, yeah, it's really exhausting <laughs> to sit there. I was so tired. <laughs> and have a middle-aged man, you know. <laughs> chop at your hair. Chop at my hair. Well, I think it looks good. I oh. don't care what the girls are saying about it. I think it looks good. Why, thank you. That's Catherine Madison apparently not liking it. Mm, no comment? Catherine checks yeah, out of we'll this. we'll just leave that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, who else has got some news? Any other human news? Well, apparently this man is selling a giant autograph collection for his daughter. Hmm. So his daughter has this thing um, called mixed, mixed connective tissue disorder where um, apparently it's rare autoimmune disease that makes her bones dangerously brittle and causes her body's defenses to attack her own blood cells. So pretty mm-hmm. much her body is not very happy. But this, her father has just like 120,000 pieces wow. in this memorabilia collection. Of all kinds of memorabilia. Yeah, it's just like signed books. Like, here, let me pull up the exact. Does he have any Elvis? Oh, I'm sure he does. 680 antique books books, mm. 7,300 or more contemporary books, 1,430 letters, 220,520 photos, and some 60,740 trading cards that are all autographed. Wow. And he's going to sell, what I guess, all of it, whatever he has to do to get this to Yeah, just child. to pay for his daughter and to help his daughter out. And so apparently... Um, a source says that it would probably beat the Guinness World Record for a private collection. Wowzers. That's a lot. And that's going to uh, – where's he from? Where's this going to go down? Um, somewhere outside of Fort Lauderdale. Hmm. I'm going to go for something. What would you go for? If you could have any, you know, autograph – whose autograph would you go for? Well, can, can, I, can I have an autographed object? Yes. I want a DeLorean that's autographed by Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty great. That's pretty cool. Sky, what would you want? I know. Yours would be a guitar by – no. Who would you want? What would you want? I'd actually probably want um, like a basketball signed by Michael Jordan or something. Oh, dude, that's easy. That would be pretty cool. You want to hook me up? one of those tomorrow. Or the Beatles <laughs> signing something. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Beatles signing the guitar. What that's would you want, say. Catherine? Uh, something with a CPA. Uh, well, you know, there's not that many famous counts. <gasps> Mitt Romney's tax returns. <laughs> that would be really, uh, you know, <laughs> I do have an offer with one of that his companies. That would be a gold but <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I actually would want a baseball bat signed by Babe Ruth because that would be super that cool. That would be way cool. I love baseball. Oh, that'd be good. Madison? Um, I think if I could have like an original copy of C.S. Lewis's um, books, specifically wow. The Boy and His Horse. That's like my favorite book of his that he's written. Are you serious? So if he had that signed, either that or screw tape letters, that'd be awesome. Sheesh. BT? You know that book, The Little Prince? Yes. Yeah. Saint Exupéry, or however you say his name. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would not want to butcher it, but I would love, I I would love to have 
an original of those signed. Would you really? I really would. You know what I'd want signed? The Bible. <laughs> I'd want a signed Bible. From whom? By I'm who? not going to tell you. By the author or authors? Mm-hmm. Let's just say by the primary source. Ah, I see. Hmm. Actually, having one signed by Moses would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Matt, you rock. Matt. Moses. <laughs> see you next summer. No, so I hope to... What do, we, what do they say? Have, a great, Hags. Have a great Hags. summer. Have a great summer. <laughs> also known Never. as, I don't know enough about you to really be a good friend, so I'm just <laughs> writing this. Yeah, exactly. Dude, when they don't know your name. Hags. Moses. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Never change. Always <laughs> yeah. oh, stay the same. We laugh so hard. Moses. Oh, yeah. That's messed up. Hey, did you check this out? This is, what, this is what I'd want signed. A Tennessee couple has discovered a rock that they've been using as a doorstop. And they discovered that it is actually a 33-pound meteorite. Wow. That is 4.5 billion years old. 33-pound doorstop? Yeah. What kind of door are they holding open? It's huge. Okay. It's a huge door, but the meteorite is 4.5 billion years old. Holy cow. And they've just been letting a door bang on it for 30 years. What made them find out that it was a meteorite? I mean, I That's don't usually look at my question. doorstop well, and think I should figure out if no, this is worth something. But you're not. This is George Lewis is the name of the guy, uh, and he discovered that it was a special rock when his metal detector went off when he walked by it. Hmm. And it's like you know that could be radiation too. But um, and he, they took it. And by the way, the largest. Uh, existing meteorite that we have, the second largest known meteorite from that area where that strike hit, where he got this meteorite, which is called the Taswell strike, weighed in at 100 pounds. So this is almost a record-breaking meteorite. And this guy was just using it as a doorstop. Anyway, I think that's funny. It's almost as funny as... um, as as Sky sitting here, so those that aren't, you, okay, I need you, to withdraw the curtain here because as funny as that story was, it, which you it was missed out on, just happened. Was uh, Matt grabbed an invisible meteorite mm-hmm. and pretended to toss it at Skyler and Skyler ducked. Well, is, this happens all the time during the show because Skyler always gets sleepy around. Matt's show is so boring. I know. <laughs> fall asleep. Oh my gosh! You know what? We're gonna have a meeting, and so he's always yawning during the show. And so when he yawns during the show, I always look for something to just throw in that gaping hole. And every time he jumps, even though I've only thrown something like twice, so he was yawning mid-yawn, and I faked the throw, and he jumped you thought it was a meteorite i was really scared well you ought to keep your mouth shut okay i'll try <laughs> because look i've got a pen i could just sleep like that how much did that meteorite weigh 33 pounds that would have really hurt skyler that <laughs> can you imagine how he would have flinched so anyway you know it's no big deal for a while though uh it served as a doorstop and a flower bed ornament and was even painted green for a time oh hey Wait, grandma where's that meteorite we could paint <laughs> have you seen meteor man the Probably. movie? No. I think maybe. it's Eddie Murphy. Have you seen that movie, Bryce? I have. It's a Saturday morning classic. That's an awesome movie. Oh, I've always wanted... Me. This guy gets hit by a meteorite, and he like gets all these sweet powers, and they're cool powers. Are they? Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, and I like thought about it. Like what? Like, if he touches a book, he can know everything in that book for like 30 seconds after taking his hand off. Wow. So oh, like, I've always cool wanted trick. that, like when I take tests, just like <laughs> yeah. set the book next to my foot <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cheating? Why only 30 seconds? Don't ask questions, Rob. Well, no, I ask because it's, it's like a university education, you know? You, 
<laughs> you wow, can't I knew all this stuff, and then 30 minutes later, I don't remember. No, it or anymore. you just put it all well, on your iPhone. It, it helped. Boom, it helped in everything. the it helped in the movie because he like after he got hit by the meteorite, he went in for surgery, and they were standing there with like a medical book, and they were describing how they were going to do the procedure, and his hand brushed against it, and he realized that they were explaining it wrong, so he like corrected them. So they got the surgery right. Ooh. Wow. So I wonder if this. I wonder if George Lewis has these same kind of powers. <laughs> I don't think so because Explain it took that. him forever to figure out that that was a meteorite, but even though it was glowing. You know what I just think is so funny is that have you seen the show Meteorite Men? It's kind of one of those weird spinoffs. Isn't On, that what we were just talking about? No, no, no. This What's is like a called? TV show. Oh. Oh, not men, not I'm man. Confused. It's oh, meteorite there's a men. Plural there's a lot of meteorite shows. Yeah, apparently, but they just go to town trying to find these meteorites, and they can be pretty. What's the word I'm? Um, is it is it kind of like not those storage but... people that go into the storage units? Are they that aggressive? <laughs> pretty. Are much. they like Honey Boo Boo aggressive? <laughs> It's pretty crazy, but yeah, they like have like this whole rig that they'll just like go to plots of land and like try to find these little meteorites. Uh, but yeah, they can make a lot of money from finding just, a meteorite. Yeah, well, yeah, four point five billion years old. Hello, antiquing. You ever heard of that? <laughs> That's whales. It's the new hipster finding meteorites. It's crazy. Anybody else got news? I'm looking at something over there, BT. Oh well, for it's, is it your X-ray from your doctor's appointment? Um, well. <laughs> It is a big x-ray, and also this guy only has really two organs, his heart and his veins. Um, so I wow. really hope that's not me. What does he do with the rest of his stuff? Uh, it's not there. Doesn't need it. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's a drawing, okay. you could say, a graphic of uh, a cosmonaut, or an astronaut as we call it in the States. And it talks about some of the things that the human body goes through when you go into space. What, what a lot of people don't realize is the human body is designed for things like air pressure and gravity and... Standing oh, yeah, upright. well, we just had that proven by that one guy that, you know, yeah. we, did, we didn't think you could handle Good old that. Felix. Right. Felix. Carol Baumgartner. Baumgartner. So the human body does some weird stuff when you get into zero gravity. Oh, um, like what? Things like um, with certain body positions. It's uh-huh. a weird thing that they found. Certain body positions, you'll have, they call it a behavioral disorder. It's more like you'll just kind of go bonkers really? if you stay in in a... Give me an example. Oh, I don't know what one of this. The like, let's say you sit for too long. Uh huh. You might get super, super, super anxious. Well, but it's like a transatlantic flight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're in the middle seat. You're in the middle seat uh, between two strangers on a transatlantic flight, and you go bonkers. All right. So, what are some other like uh, other fun ones? Is you have a lot of cardiovascular issues because a lot of the uh, pressure. Or the spots that are designed to take pressure in your veins and stuff. Oh, you don't have the pressure, the same. You don't have the same pressure. The same physical pressure. Yeah, pushing you have your pressure blood in system. weird spots. So all of a sudden you have little. Is that similar to uh, lounging on the couch wrong? Like you kind of Maybe that's too what much happened. And... To no, you. that's that's just uh, uh, that's just when your foot falls asleep and you just stays there forever, and then you lose your foot. It's interesting. You need a little gravity to have a little heartbeat. Mm, a healthy heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Also, you get cataracts for going into space. We don't really get that yet. Really? Yeah, we don't get that. Doesn't make any sense. How long does it take? Uh, the Apollo guys did, so they're up. What? I don't know. Really? A few days. So it messes. Are you, oh. sure? Are you sure they didn't just get cataracts because they're now all in their what seventies? No, no, I'm pretty it's right sure it's afterwards. an age thing. Oh, really? It's right afterwards. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's it. I'm not going to space. Okay. 
But I'll the garbage. It, garbage can go there. That the garbage can go there, and then I'll just let the meteorites come to me. Because I'm going to be a meteorite man. Hmm. Okay, that won't self-sabotage us. We're talking about self-sabotage. Thank the team there for the good, the bad, the ugly of the human news. When we come back, we're going to be getting into our topic du jour, the topic of the day. How do you not self-sabotage? How do you turn those little crazy mind games that you play with yourself off and start turning your success on? That's what we're talking about right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's been a quarter of a century since the movie Back to the Future promised us flying cars. So, where are they? This is Innovation Now. A new vehicle called the Transition promises to get us closer to the future envisioned by movies and TV shows and closer to having a flying machine in our own garage. The Transition Light Sport Aircraft from Terrafugia seats two and can fly over 100 miles per hour for almost 500 miles. It will be able to take off and land at any public-use general aviation airport. On the ground, its wings fold up, so you will be able to simply drive on the road to your destination. No rental car needed. And there's a bonus. It's small enough to park in your own driveway. It's not just a concept either. The company has completed both powered road testing and flight testing. They plan to start delivering next-generation vehicles to customers later this year. The ability of the transition to both fly and drive could help reduce the potential for accidents by allowing pilots to land and drive to their destination instead of flying through bad weather conditions. And when you're low on gas, no need for expensive jet fuel, you can fill this convertible up with unleaded fuel from your local gas station. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. In such a fast-paced world, isn't it nice to slow down every now and then? Dean Duncan's approach to interviewing isn't about rushing through. He likes to take his time in getting to know his guests. Join us for This'll Take a While, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about self-sabotage. You ever have a dream, you really want to do something... And then you end up psyching yourself out or you just get too practical and you give up your dream and ugh, and then all of a sudden you're no longer in school and you don't have a job and you're unemployed and then you're wondering what happened. And your mother starts saying, why? Why don't you just do what you say you're going to do? Anyway, Rob Sanders doesn't care if it crushes the dreams of the young. He says you should never, ever, ever, ever go to Hollywood. So the other day I was watching the classic film, The Muppet Movie. You remember the plot, Kermit, Miss Piggy, and company, they take that road trip to Hollywood hoping to get a standard rich and famous contract, which they got. You're ready for the big time. Oh yeah, but is it ready for me? And which by 1979 was already seeming so ridiculous, I think that's why Jim Henson called it the standard rich and famous contract. 
because he knew as well as anybody else, getting into show business is hard. Now, I'm a pragmatic person. I've never had Hollywood dreams. I can't dance. I can't sing. <laughs> you think that's bad? My acting skills are even worse. So there's zero chance of me just packing up my car and working as a waiter while I spread 8 by 10s all over town. It's not going to happen. But what if I ever had a kid who was talented? Would I encourage their dream? Absolutely not! And here's why. I met a girl for a date at the 3rd Street Promenade in Santa Monica. It's this pedestrian mall. And about every 10 feet or so, there's some kind of performer. Musician, dancer, just somebody trying to make a couple bucks, maybe even make a living. Getting cash from wide-eyed, middle America tourists like me. I stopped for one of the shows, and the two guys, they were good. It was kind of this mixture of dance, stand-up comedy, audience interaction, fighting racism, even a little bit of hilarious panhandling thrown in. Talent that easily surpasses anything that I could ever dream of having. But as good as these guys were, I can't help but ask myself, they're begging tourists for money at a pedestrian mall in Santa Monica? They can't get a TV show gig or something? That means even those forgettable actors who in the credits, their name is in fine print at the end of the TV show, they are of higher profile than these guys. They are more talented. Whew, that's a lot of competition. But even if my kid was that good, life is just miserable in Hollywood. Even big names like Tom Hanks whine about, oh yeah, we were up at 2 a.m. shooting for six hours, it was miserable. But at least he has a trailer to go nap in. The small performers, forget it. And even worse, the staff, they practically get abused. So yes, I feel completely justified dumping this all on my kid one day. And even though I'm crushing his or her dreams, I won't lose a wink of sleep. Some may ask, am I sabotaging my child? Am I just giving them excuses not to try to pursue their dreams? Well, I could concede that if everyone followed my advice, there would be no talent in Hollywood. But I do point out that if a few hundred thousand people right now did take my advice, packed up their car, and got out of L.A., their life would get happier immediately. I have a cousin who, at age 12, told me his dream in life was to work for the FBI. Well, guess what? He does. Yeah, it took him 10 years in the military and a lot of sacrifice on his family to get to that point, but he made it despite my trying to talk him out of it back when we were both a lot younger. His brother wanted to be a doctor. I asked him what his backup plan was. He said he didn't have one, but that's okay, because he's in medical school right now. My own brother has somehow figured out a way to make a living as an author, even though on the surface that sounds absolutely ridiculous as a career path. Now look at me. I will be the first to say radio is a blast to work in every day. But I also will be the first to complain about the industry. There goes the, last DJ. the ownership consolidation, automation, shifting audience habits and younger demographics, demassification of media, yada, 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 yada. A million reasons not to work in this business. My question is, is my cautiousness, my being savvy and thinking ahead... Or am I just sabotaging myself, trying to give myself excuses to say I can't do it? I don't know. Here goes the last.
great. Working for seven years and I have a job so far. Maybe radio is just as viable as being an author or being a doctor or an FBI agent. But I will put my foot down here. Hollywood is out. No child of mine is ever working in show business. Oh, now I can go? I said 30 seconds, Matt. And you Sorry, said... Matt, I wasn't done yammering yet. You guys, that was pretty great. You need to focus. <laughs> you need to be more professional. I'd be really embarrassed if I were you right now. <laughs> I would, but I can blame my board op. Board, B-O-R-E-D, op, O-P. Well, we were going to talk about that, but now I'm mad at everybody. <laughs> so that, that was good self-reflection is what I'm saying. You're asking yourself a question. Am I just being practical or am I self-sabotaging? Any of you ever self-sabotaged your way out of greatness? I totally have. Catherine. So I was on the high school dance team. Yes. Um, drill teams to be specific. And they would always do um, every single major competition. They'd have this thing called a drill down. And what would happen is they would give us certain commands, kind of dance moves that you would have to follow. Yes. And they'd whittle you down until if you made a mistake, you had to leave. And they'd whittle you down and whittle you down. And then, you, you know, they'd make the group smaller. And I remember every time I would try to make it into the top five. But after I made it into the top five, I'd... <gasps> automatically mess myself up yes. so I could leave. Oh, you naughty girl. What would have happened if you had been drilled down and you were the number one drillette? Well, then they let you, I mean, it's really cool. They give you like a medal or something like that. You I mean, could have been cool, a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, Catherine. I could have. <laughs> now no, you're I don't just going to be dance. an <laughs> Oh my heavens. I used to do that with algebra. A lot of people would get A's and B's and C's, but I just always sabotage it and stay at the D area. It's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan because <laughs> then nobody asks you to count. At least you so that's why I rely now. on other people to count and then they don't count right. 30 seconds, Matt. <sighs> okay. When we, we come go back. Oh, I'm seriously going to go. I'm going to go you? off. When I get off the air right now, I'm going to go off. <laughs> We're going to be bringing on Dr. Uh, Daphne Snaw. Uh, oh, it's the heart. Da- Dr. Daphne Slalom. Slalom. We're sorry. I'm so sorry, Daphne. <laughs> Dr. Daphne Slalom, uh, board certified psychiatrist, to help us figure out how to straighten out this team and how to figure out how to not self sabotage. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the latest news and research in pivotal societal issues. BYU's Wheatley Forum presents the research of leading scholars and experts in current social issues and events. Learn, explore, and discuss the world around us with The Wheatley Forum, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Syria's army has announced a conditional ceasefire for the weekend's Islamic holiday, and influential rebel leaders have also somewhat agreed to the short-term truce. Leaders of the rebels' free Syrian army say they have not committed to the ceasefire, but will adhere to it if the Assad regime does. Rebels are also demanding that Assad releases detainees. The truce was organized by a mediator appointed jointly by the United Nations and the Arab League. 
Though it is only scheduled to last a few days, this ceasefire is the first measure reducing the violence in the 19-month-old conflict that has taken more than 32,000 lives. The four-day online tracking poll carried out by Reuters once again has shown Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney has a one-point lead over President Barack Obama in the polls. The single point is, of course, statistically insignificant and further shows just how close this election is turning out to be. Both candidates have been campaigning in key swing states like Ohio, Virginia and Florida today and are urging voters to take advantage of early voting. The Reuters poll showed among registered voters, 18 percent say they have already voted, and among those, the president is leading. However, another 30 percent of registered voters say they plan to cast their ballots before the November 6th election day. Former U.S. Secretary of State Colin Powell, who served under the Bush administration, has officially endorsed President Barack Obama for re-election. Despite his moderate Republican positions, Powell says President Obama deserves another term because of his efforts to wind down the war in Afghanistan, his continued dedication to tackle terrorism, and the recent improvement in the economy. President Obama responded to the endorsement, saying he was proud and humbled to learn of Powell's support for his campaign. Steady rains over the last week have been doing a lot to help replenish the drought-stricken soil in many areas of the U.S., but key agricultural areas in the heartland are still feeling very dry. Western Kansas and Nebraska are still considered to be suffering from an exceptional drought, which is the worst classification, with Nebraska continuing to be the hardest hit of all, with over 77 percent of its land in the worst drought category. Winter wheat farmers who are just finishing up planting will need to see a significant increase in rain or snowfall in order for their crops to succeed. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about self-sabotaging, where we, you know, maybe even unwittingly destroy our own goals, our dreams. Maybe it's our thinking, our our self-doubt, but something hidden deep inside us might be causing us to destroy even our own success. And we're going to try to uncover what that is, how that works, and uh, and hopefully see if we can't uh, loosen that up a bit and figure out how to become all we want to be. We're bringing on uh, one of our, on our phone line here, Dr. Daphna Slonim, who is a board-certified psychiatrist based in Los Angeles. She is uh, from, graduated from Tel Aviv University, magna cum laude from Tel Aviv University Medical School in Israel. And uh, she now uh, runs a practice and an office out of Beverly Hills, I believe. Is that, yeah, the clinic, the DSA Medical Clinic in Beverly Hills, California. Dr. Slonim, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, talk about the self-sabotaging. Like, I was sabotaging your name, self-sabotaging the entire show, piece by piece. What is self-sabotage? And, and how, and I, to me, it seems like a very, very common human condition. It is indeed very common, and I found out uh, that uh, actually 100% of all people sabotage themselves in one area or another. Mm. And uh, since it's subconscious, uh, you don't know what hits you. When the enemy is unknown, it stops you in the back. Yeah. You 
try to do something. Um, and uh, what, where exactly are you going with uh, one foot you're pushing the gas pedal full force and you're putting all conscious effort into achieving a goal? And unbeknown to you, your other foot is pushing the brake. Yeah. You're not going anywhere, are you? Sorry? I guess, and then that means you just don't go anywhere. But it's like we, we say, it's almost like our mouth believes we want to accomplish something, or really we do. But then is it our psyche? Is it our brain? What part of us is creating the stories or the breaks that are keeping us from progressing? Uh, negative feeling, negative beliefs, negative thoughts, every, every, uh, negative remarks that were made by parents, teachers, caretakers, any negative impression we have, um, about ourselves, all of these are bugs in our programming. Right. And in order to achieve, we need to debug we need to find out where exactly we're stuck. Isn't that interesting? And the, so these are little bugs, just ideas or thoughts, maybe placed in your head um, as a child or just over time. And then I guess they operate. It's, it's like a, it's an operating system that's going to operate whether you understand it or not. It's uh, absolutely correct. And uh, 95 to 97% of... Uh, the operating system is subconscious. Yeah. What we're conscious about is, is very little, uh, actually, and we, are, we don't have any conscious access to traumas that we had in, in our early childhood, yeah. and this is still affecting us. How, do, then, you know, how do you know if it's, if it's one of these bugs versus just, you know, you're just not maybe fit or good at whatever you wanted to do. Maybe I really shouldn't be a dancer. <laughs> I really want to be a dancer. I say I want to be a dancer, but everything about me is kind of saying, you know what, that's just, you, you might be better as a choreographer. How do I know uh, if it's just, you know, a reality versus just a subconscious? Okay, let's, let's bring us to the question, if it's subconscious, how do you get uh, okay. information about it? And this is where I'm using uh, what's called applied kinesiology. That's a big name uh-huh. for energy muscle testing. Because our wise body does have information uh, for, from this. It has access to the subconscious. We can get access uh, through hypnosis, but we can also check our muscles. And uh, the mu- energy muscle testing works like the ever-present, uh, very accurate uh, personal polygraph. Everything that's good and true for us will let energy flow in the body and will strengthen all the muscle automatically. Okay. If you make a false statement, your muscle weakens and the energy is disconnected and gives way to resistance. Oh, interesting. So your, your body and your, your strength in your muscles can basically act as a truth detector and you'll either get stronger or weaker in the muscles. Exactly. And uh, the listeners can go and, and see me actually demonstrating it on um, the web at the www.thefirstkey.com slash energy-muscle-testing. I just demonstrate uh, an easy way to do it, and you have to have a partner for that for pulling your fingers. As I practice it, I Put the thumb and ring finger together, forming a circle, 
and um, I'm trying to uh, just uh, pull the fingers apart, asking the person to resist me. And if the uh, circle is unbreakable, muscle are strong, that means a yes. Mm. And uh, the opposite, if the circle is, is breaking, the muscle are weak, and that means a no. Couldn't I, Daphne, with that, couldn't I actually uh, sabotage the actual test? Yeah, like, let's just say I really, we talked about Catherine earlier, who who didn't want to have the pressure of having to do the auditions in dance. If I really didn't want to do that audition, even though it really was sabotaging and good for me to do it, would, couldn't I fake the ring test and my muscles test? No, you cannot really uh, fake it. But let me just uh, tell you what I would do with her, first of all, is check um, I, uh, for happiness in general, happiness and well-being. Like I check uh, muscle strength when she say I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. It's safe for me to be happy. There are like uh, certain things that I check, and I'll I'll talk about it uh, in a little while. But if she has subconscious sabotage to being happy, if she does not deserve to be happy, I'm just going to use my sabotage correction technique to correct that. Okay. And I know it's corrected once the muscles are getting strong. Now I'm just uh, checking about uh, whatever she wants to achieve. She wants to uh, be number one in this competition. I deserve to be the number one in this competition. Um, others deserve for it. Is it safe for me? Okay. Usually in such cases, I will find out the muscle to be, I'm just uh, speculating yeah, now stronger. about her subconscious, but I will find out it's unsafe for her to be uh, number one because either she doesn't want to be in the limelight or the center of attention, or she's afraid that people will be jealous at her uh, yeah. if she'll be, you know, number one. This, this type of stuff is the subconscious sabotage, and that's what we find in such cases. Wow. And so, so, you're, so you can actually, instead of just testing all of what you don't want, I guess you can also see if it, it, it should either be getting stronger, if it's more aligned to what you subconsciously want. Absolutely. Or weaker if it's not aligned to what you subconsciously want. So this is really a deep dive into your subconscious. Um, And I guess most of us are just more used to living on the more surfacey level with our excuses, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we're stuck. Yeah, because we don't know how to access and get down deeper into the subconscious. But also, we may not know what's what's uh, what's the right path for us. Like as you said, uh, once I will remove subconscious sabotage for you to be happy in general, and then I will remove subconscious sabotage for you finding your uh, ideal career, and you no longer sabotage that. Mm. Then your body can give you accurate. Uh, is it like the right career for me to be uh, a radio? <clears throat> right. Or uh, for, you know, dancing, or is it right for me to go to Hollywood? You may be surprised. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then your energy can be more toward making it happen, and you can use these uh, this, this deeper sense of, I guess, consciousness to, to direct it better. And, and I guess what you do is you're more free to be free. Absolutely. You're debugging. You're aligning yourself with your true self, <clears throat> the true purpose, and um, 
and uh, you are having the law of attraction work for you because uh, your your conscious and your subconscious are in complete agreement about the right track, and there are no uh, obstacles to achieving any goal. See, and that, and then that sets you free. Okay, let's do this. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Dr. Daphna Slonim, um, who is a board-certified psychiatrist. She's helping us learn to debug and quit self-sabotaging. When we come back with Dr. Slonim, we're going to get into some other tools, some solutions to, I guess, kind of once we know we're a little bit off, then how do we start to course correct um, and how do we start to, I guess, be more in tune with our consciousness and change our own lives. We're talking about self-sabotage, how to take your life back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A NASA imaging technique may soon be following doctors' orders and given a new role in the treatment of breast cancer. This is Innovation Now. Researchers are prescribing a new role for space industry technology in the medical field. Three-dimensional thermal tomography, or 3DTT, is a relatively new technology used by NASA to detect defects in composite materials for vehicles like the space shuttle or new spacecraft. The technique involves applying heat or cold to a material. The resulting temperature change is then observed with an infrared camera to find any irregularities. Recently, 3DTT has been studied to predict tissue damage in breast cancer patients who have undergone radiation therapy. Data suggests up to 80% of radiation therapy patients develop skin reactions, some very severe. The hope is that the technology will detect the changes that trigger these reactions early, predicting their severity before discomfort occurs. 3DTT may also be used to detect other skin diseases, such as skin cancer, and measure skin damage caused by electricity or lightning. If the studies are confirmed, the imaging technique could move from spacecraft to the examining room. Stat. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Thinking Aloud invites thoughtful thinkers and creators to share their insights into the ideas and art of the world around us. Whether it's music, medicine, sport, science, or literature, Brigham Young University scholars can share eye-opening ideas and stimulating conversation on all. Join our host, Marcus Smith, for discussion and exclusive interviews weekdays at 1.30 and 8.30 Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about self-sabotage and uh, how sometimes, you know, the thoughts deep, deep inside us, some of the even subconscious thoughts may be keeping us from accomplishing all we want to accomplish. So we sent our newest producer intern. He, he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. His name is Tyler Mail. We sent him out on the road to... to you know, talk to some people on the street. Personal roadblocks are something we all have to cope with, he found, whether in school, work, or other activities. But how many of these are just excuses, and how many are really something we can't avoid? From being distracted by Facebook to working multiple jobs, young adults and people everywhere have to learn to buckle down and get stuff done to accomplish their hopes, dreams, and deadlines. 
probably the biggest thing that keeps me from achieving my goals when I distract myself with other things. Like, I really like to focus and, you know, work on my schoolwork and other things, but whenever I start to either, like, surf the web or, like, get distracted with social things, then it's sometimes hard to focus myself back. Are there any other roadblocks that you feel like stop you from reaching your dreams? Well, I'd say probably the biggest thing is just a lack of vision of exactly what that dream is right now. Um, what do you think stops you the most? What's the biggest roadblock in your life right now? Um, definitely most of it is placing it in front of myself. Um, I think I want to be distracted. I don't want to do homework. Okay. I have, the, I have the end goal and I'm good at recognizing that, but um, oftentimes I'll get lost in a way, I guess, um, with um, not dividing it up into small enough tasks and then it gets overwhelming and then it's easy to quit. Part of my biggest problem is finding time, getting the homework done first, and then I just hang out and stuff because like people are always, always over at my place and that's really distracting. I just need to focus more. What are some roadblocks in your life that keep you from achieving what you want to? Things popping up and being uh, too busy to actually sit down and to focus on entrepreneurship because you're always having to go to work and you have school and it's sometimes hard to think about that business that you want to start because you're busy doing other things. The time it takes to get there, the time okay. that you have to put in to be able to achieve your goals. Um, laziness. Uh, if I just get like distracted with things, like I, like I have worthy goals and whatnot, but um, I think sometimes I lose sight of them and I get caught up in the moment. So usually that's kind of what prohibits me from achieving goals. <laughs> Do you think that most of these come from yourself? Are they blocks that are placed there personally? I think usually it's myself. Excellent job. Tyler Mail, uh, the man, the myth, the intern, has left the building. Uh, good stuff. Now we're going to go back to Dr. Daphna Slonum. Slonum. And Dr. Slonum, board-certified psychiatrist, she is our expert at helping us figure out what are the bugs, the things that are kind of deeply entrenched inside of us that keep us from being uh, really what we want to be, what we feel we, what, what we might even be called to be. Dr. Slonim, um, as we get into this, we, we've kind of decided that a lot of this is just subconsciously, you know, not, it's being governed by something deeper like our subconscious. What do we do to change it? How do we go about altering and, you know, and turning this subconscious problem into healthier actions. Okay. Well, first step is, of course, to find where the block is. Right. And uh, that's we are using, uh, as I said, energy muscle testing. Just uh, this is just how it's actually all started for me, as I had a patient who would not get better. When his depression improved, he became anxious. When his anxiety improved, he became obsessed, and mm. I got frustrated. And then it occurred to me to, see, to say to him, let's see what your body has to say. And uh, we test uh, the muscle for I deserve to get better, and the muscle was weak. So using uh, energy muscle testing, we played around like, we play like 20 questions, and uh, we get yes and no from the body. We narrow it down that uh, he felt guilty 
that his sister was injured in a bicycle accident when they were racing, and he was only 10 years old. Hmm. Uh, it's a, he discovered that he did not deserve to get better because he felt guilty. Then we were, now we know the enemy. Now we can address it. Now we can uh, just talk uh, sense and, and say that uh, it was not really his fault, that his parents were supposed to supervise, and they were not there, and that uh, he carried his guilt for so long, never helped his sister, and uh, he, he was on his way to recovery. But uh, I also developed a different uh, removal procedures, so to speak, correction procedures that are starting from the very simple, touching your heart and say connect to a much more personalized forgiveness affirmation. Hmm. This is a combination of uh, actually some sensory uh, stimulation, uh, massaging uh, neural lymphatic uh, points on, on the front of the chest while uh, repeating some uh, affirmation of uh, forgiveness, uh, forgiving other people, forgiving yourself, and, and connecting with your higher self, who um, is the source of unconditional love, acceptance, yeah. and forgiveness. So you're using, you're using kind of more... You're, you're looking for what brings you peace and um, trying to find, I guess, some hope or some movement, some truth out of these these higher sources. We are getting, uh, first of all, we find the problem. And then once we find the problem, then we can just address it directly. Let me give you an example about another patient of mine who kept failing the bar exam. And he he came to me because he was depressed after failing for about six times. Yeah. And muscle testing showed that his father did not deserve for him to pass the bar. Oh, he so he we, was his he was believing what his father had said. That's one thing, but also his subconscious wanted to punish his father because we found out that the father was a prominent attorney and was. Uh, ready to retire, and he was dying for uh, my patients to take over the practice. Hmm. The father was always very abusive, verbally abusive, physically abusive. He always uh, told him that he was good for nothing. So now, subconsciously, not only he was just uh, accepting his father's verbal abuse and, and, and opinion of him that he's good for nothing, he's also subconsciously punished his father by failing the payback huh yeah he's gonna get him back but meanwhile he's destroying himself and becoming depressed yes so you can see the first example he felt guilty he did not deserve it second example the father did not deserve it and then there are some uh, people who feel it's unsafe i had the patient who felt it was unsafe for her to to be happy so when we checked muscle testing it's safe for me to be happy it was weak we tried to talk about it. We found out every time she became depressed, uh, happy, some something bad happened. She was happy, then her mother died. Then she got over that. She became uh, happy again. Again, something else happened. Her brother, her brother died, so it was unsafe for her. Or another patient who came to me to uh, for for getting clearance for uh, surgery, for lab band surgery, and his psychiatric clearance for that. She was 300 pounds. It was not a cosmetic. Uh, she was really getting all the blood, high blood pressure and diabetes. We checked her muscle. 
um, do uh, I, it is safe for me to lose weight, the muscle was weak. Mm. Again, we tried to find out what it was all about. She didn't have a clue. We found out through muscle testing it was related to age five and it was related to grandmother. And I asked her what happened. She said, when I was five, my grandma died from uh, lung cancer, and before that she lost all this weight. So in this patient's subconscious... Oh, she was going in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, so the cancer and death, so it was very unsafe. Till yeah. we were able to remove that. She, she found out it, it was a, a non-issue already, but we still did the forgiveness affirmation for herself, for carrying this all these years, for the grandmother. We connected to her higher self, uh, and then she was able to lose weight on, on Weight Watchers. Oh, see, that's, it's so powerful. Um, it, there's just there's a lot of forgiveness. It seems like that our our uh, our con. Well, I, I guess there's this deep. Ninety seven percent of us don't access. Or I guess ninety seven percent of us don't access this subconsciousness, and yet it's causing so much pain. It's causing so much um, sadness and and this need to forgive. Are, are the sciences getting better at understanding how to get into this? You know, this level of consciousness. Sorry, I'm not sure about what you're asking me. Um, as, a, as a certified psychiatrist, do you, do you sense that the medical profession is getting better at learning to access this level of, you know, understanding at our, at our subconscious level? Are we getting well, better at understanding it? Or is this just all brand new? No, using muscle testing as uh, a highway to the subconscious is, is brand new. But uh, psychologists, uh, starting uh, Freud, were trying to get to the subconscious and, and you know, find out what's, what's the complexes are under the surface of the... But instead of putting people on the sofa for 10 years, I mm-hmm. find it in a few minutes, and I think it's a great shortcut. Yeah. It's it's fast and I and I and it seems like in the end it comes back down to you know recognizing this this uh, deeper pain and then finding some way to heal it and forgive it. I guess as one of the keys to this, if people want more information about your approach, they can go to your website and watch the videos there. The dot com is the name of the website. Is that right? Yes. Thefirstkey.com, and there they can see your ideas. And then I really love, too, the idea then of getting back to your, you know, your higher self and uh, this, 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 you know, and I guess more aligned so that you have the peace of energy. Uh, so appreciate you coming on the phone with us. Dr. Daphna Slonim uh, from the uh, website, thefirstkey.com. Go there, check it out. Go learn more about... Uh, about this behavioral kinesiology stuff that she's been talking about and just about learning how to heal. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to give you more ideas, tools, and a deeper thought about how to change your self-sabotage, how to become the person your heart knows you should be. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. For regular updates on BYU radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. 
Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just a few hours before the ceasefire is expected to start in Syria, citizens in Damascus are reporting heavy shelling by regime troops in border towns around the capital city. The Syrian regime still holds that they will honor the ceasefire when the weekend's Islamic holiday begins. Both sides have voiced concerns about the truce plan, with the rebels demanding that Assad release captives and the regime stating that they will quickly begin firing again if any resupplying or reinforcing of the rebel lines is detected. A suspect in the attack on the U.S. embassy in Benghazi, Libya, has been killed by Egyptian security forces. The Libyan national who has been living in Cairo was killed by a bomb blast from a device he was trying to use against the Egyptian officials. Authorities were not able to clarify what role the man had played in the Libya attack, but he was holed up with a terrorist group in Egypt with known connections to al-Qaeda. Weather experts are concerned about the path of Hurricane Sandy, which is now threatening the East Coast and the Bahamas after pelting Cuba's second-largest city. Flooding, heavy rains, and high winds are expected to start hitting Florida today, and by next week the storm could be on the same path Hurricane Irene took last year and could do even more damage. The hardest-hit areas could be anywhere between the coastal Carolinas all the way up to Maine, with New York City and Boston certainly in the potential path. One lead forecaster for a prominent hurricane tracking center says this is certainly going to be a high-impact event. A federal appeals court has struck down a National Rifle Association challenge that 18- to 20-year-olds should be allowed to legally purchase handguns. The three-judge panel was unanimous in their decision to uphold a 60s-era law that stopped anyone under the age of 21 from buying a handgun and said precedent states Second Amendment rights do not stop legislators from barring certain groups from being armed. NRA officials are disappointed with the decision, and a representative has said they are considering their appellate options. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, it's so funny, uh, ever since we had our little breakdown earlier with Sky, um, he's, been, he's been working a lot harder to make sure he does a good job. Sure, I need to micromanage you. I appreciate that. No problem. He's like, Matt, we're coming back on, so you'll want to use that <laughs> thing that you talk into and push the button. Just trying to help you out. <sighs> Smart Alex. <laughs> it's hard to find good help nowadays on a university campus. Um, here's the deal. Self-sabotage. Everyone does it. We just heard from our expert. Every 100% of us have some self-sabotaging going on. But as we're talking about self-sabotage, we can wonder to ourselves if it is truly possible to overcome it. Is it possible for me to achieve and be a success? Our producer, Madison Allred, shares her thoughts and stories on overcoming self-sabotage.
are a lot of problems that we impose on ourselves that can impede our success. Some of the most common problems are low self-esteem and fear of failure. Now let's just get this out of the way. We are human. We are going to make mistakes. We have our weaknesses, but then we also have our strengths. What we need to do is to find out how to capitalize on our strengths and how to make our weaknesses strong. I would like to share a story of a boy who was given many obstacles, but he was able to overcome them. This boy was born a while ago in Germany. In Germany, they divide you up into remedial, normal, and accelerated schooling when you're eight. From the get-go, he had certain talents. He could work well with machines and stuff like that, but anything else? Forget it. When it came to exams, the only things that he was able to perform well on was math. You know those other classes like history, biology, English, reading, German, writing? Failed it. One of the most disheartening things for a child is to fail an exam at such an early age. They feel terrible. It totally hurts their self-esteem. Imagine failing all of those subjects. Well, this boy somehow made it through school. And when it came to college, he was turned away from the one that he really wanted. They wanted someone who was good at at least some one other thing than just math and physics. Have you ever been in that position where you thought that you belonged with a certain career path or just really wanted to go to that one college when you were younger? Well, he had that experience too. So he wasn't able to go to the one that he really wanted, but he went to a school that specialized in math and actually lived with one of his professors. And he fell in love with his daughter. But could he have her? Nope. So this man went on to get his degree, fell in love with another girl, got married, worked at a monotonous job. Ever been bored and lose hope for your future? Well, you can feel his pain. He eventually got out of it, and marital problems, he had those too. While he had kids with his first wife, there were actually some marital issues, and they got divorced. Well, eventually he got out of his monotonous job and remarried and started to make some progress in his field. He immigrated to America and took up a position at a university here. The Nazis were taking over Germany and he happened to be a non-practicing Jew. He never had gone to synagogue in his life, but suddenly those in your home country all think that your work is hateful and of the devil. Your old neighbors and friends are being bothered and there are pictures of your papers and formal belongings and even house being burned. And then you're sitting in a parlor in somewhere like England, you're reading the newspaper, and then you come across an announcement that there is a $5,000 bounty on your head. Or you read on a sheet of paper that you have not been hanged yet, but will stay posted. This man endured so much, he was able to overcome it all. He became one of the leading thinkers of the century, and his works have affected literally everyone. Guess what? All of the best universities in the world were scrambling to get him, but hey, he can pick and choose as he pleased. He won a Nobel Prize for his work, and you can safely say that he was a success. To come from being told most of your life that you're not good enough, and hated to being revered by the general public, that is a pretty wonderful accomplishment. This man's example shows that we can all overcome adversities in our life. While they might not be as extreme, we can overcome our obstacles. While we may not be good at everything, this shows that if we magnify our talents, we can become successful. Oh, and that man that I was talking about? Well, that was Albert Einstein.
<laughs> that is cool. See? Yeah. You can change. It's so true. Well, how relatable is that story? Yeah. I mean, he was told... See, back then, I mean, he was born in, like, I think it was 1876 You know, he had to like have that. been such a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like what the world would call a weirdo. Yeah. Just his haircut alone. And- <laughs> but, you know, back then, because it was like, what? So you can only do, like, this science and math? Because that was not... I oh. mean, to a certain extent, but yeah. not as much as it is today. Right. Like, uh, the... Like, writing was more valued. And so then compare that to today. You know, like, for example, artists. You know, where you can be like, oh, you're an artist. Good luck oh, having an income. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, how, how are you going to support your family? Yeah. Like, what are you really going to do for a job? That's what we you do know? with Sky. Sky <laughs> wants to be – Sky plays guitar like a monster. He does. Monster. Our monster's good at guitar. Oh, you have no idea. They shred. They're incredible. They shred. But every time he says, "Yeah, I want," you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a guitarist or whatever. We're all like, "Oh, cute." Well, that's oh, just if the Broadway dancing doesn't work out. Yeah, then, oh, true. Yeah. It's not going to work out. But this Einstein supposedly he would sit out standing in the rain. I mean, he'd just stand out there in the rain, thinking, caught up in thought, and his wife would say, "Albert, come in, honey. It's raining." No, seriously, that's. Weird. <laughs> but he's also got gifts, right? Yeah. Brilliance and all of these deeper gifts. And so as we talked with um, our good doctor earlier, Dr. Slonim, um, our conscious, our, I guess our subconscious knows who we are. You know, and some might just call it your spirit knows. That might be a whole other level than subconscious. But, you know, there's a spiritual side to this. Some of us know we're supposed to do things. Some of us know we're supposed to accomplish things. You can feel a mission or a passion. And we just got to figure out how to get down to it. So how do we get down to it? What have you guys found? Well, he just like whipped his face cricket, and turned cricket. to me. <laughs> I, I looked at Sky and he gave me the, don't ask me questions. <laughs> okay, Bryce, you know. How do, we, how do we get down to what really is keeping us from being successful? I Here's one of the things that I've noticed. Okay, do you remember the show The Wonder Years? Why does it always go back to shows with you guys? Because I really need to get a life. I do remember <laughs> The Wonder Years. Love that uh, that boy. The boy, uh, Fred Savage. I can't remember. Fred was Savage. That a, was that a was that a show about kids growing up in the eighties, or was that a show about kids from the sixties growing up in the eighties? I get them uh, in Happy 60s Days mixed growing, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So ha- Happy Days. This kid the same thing. He had his own little inner monologue. And it was it was pretty cool, but it, that was interesting because we all have that. Yeah, even though we hadn't had we didn't really have a show about it, yeah. but we all have that. Um, and in cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, that sort of thing is called self talk. Yes, it's re- literally it's the voice in your head. Yeah, right. And it's okay to have one, more than one. Okay, that's a whole other <laughs> See, thing. Bryce, I, I was telling you, Sky, you can't have three. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's wrong. I mean. I mean you know, it freaks people out. It is. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> okay, but that self talk is maybe your subconscious kind of prompting you along, giving you ideas, or oh, this is beating down. This is the voice of your subconscious. This is yeah. This is this is what you kind of do to yourself. Yeah, you're not good. Um, this is this is Catherine saying I need to mess up, yeah. or this is this is whatever those things that that we just do to ourselves. Weird thing that you can do is just change your self talk. Sounds simple. Sounds silly. Uh, but when you sort of change like the way you Stuart talk to yourself, Smalley that says, "By golly, you can do this." By golly, standing you in can front of a mirror, do this exactly. But, but it really is. It's that's a great thing to look at. What is your? What are you telling yourself? Yeah. I can't do. I remember as a little league baseball player, 
This was before I went professional. And um, I remember standing at the base, I mean, standing at home plate up against the biggest, meanest pitcher on earth. He actually was my friend. But he he really was the best athlete in the league. And he's pitching and I'm sitting up there um, and I'm saying to myself, you can do this. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Strike one. And um, I was literally self-talking my way through this. Okay. Anyway, you can do this. You can do it. You got it. You've hit off him before yeah. at his house and fun. And um, anyway, you can do it. You can do it. I was telling myself – I remember because right then after that, I'm like, I'm just going to keep telling myself I can do anything. I closed my eyes. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Person on second and third base were down by one point. This is the I don't know the inning because back then is just a time limit. I mean, it's the the exchange rate and you know, yeah, things were <laughs> inflation. Different. It was like three innings. This per was game. it, yeah. So back then, this was the last game. Everyone had gathered around. Everyone had gathered around because after this game, they're going to announce the All Star team. Oh boy, this is huge. Nobody had beat this team. They were called the Green Majors. Was it an army? Military no, reference? but we had very – our people weren't very creative. Okay, well. We know. could have been the Dodgers or the A's. All right, Matt, let's cut to the chase. Come and on. I'm just trying to build some anticipation. <laughs> what color are majors? Uh, green. Because <laughs> well, I was on the orange majors. Yeah, the ugliest color in the league. And so I'm on the orange. They're on the green. Two balls, two strikes. Person on second and third. Boom. Guess what happens? He pitches the ball. I know I can. I know I can. I know. I close my eyes. Crack. I hit the ball over the first baseman's head it, with a spin, by the way, which is near impossible to do and, uh, unless your eyes are closed. And it landed inbounds and then just shot straight inbounds. out of play. So it was fair and then went way out of play. I got a double, scored two runs, won the game. Right Woo! then, people cheered. Did they chant your name? <laughs> they chanted my name. Number four, Orange Major. <laughs> Close enough. <sighs> self-talk. Right then. That is truly when I learned when self-talk works. Because I would tell myself, you can do it. Now, honestly, a lot of times my self-talk was wrong because <laughs> I didn't do it. But that time, did it. By the way, not to brag, I was on the All-Star team. Ooh. Wow. Fancy. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, self-talk's real. But there is this thing called, I call it the dueling commitment. When you have two goals simultaneously, one is the goal that we state, like, hey, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I've done that one. And the other goal that we don't state, because it's kind of embarrassing, but it's the goal that usually drives everything else to happen. So if I'm going to lose 20 pounds, why do I end up at McDonald's every day? You want to eat? Slices. I, apple slices. <laughs> I, I end up at McDonald's because I have another goal, which was at the time to get as many clients through my office as I possibly could. By the way, those are two great goals. Lose weight and push as many clients, about eight a day through my office. While I'm pushing clients through my office, that means I would literally have 20 minutes to take a break for lunch. Mm. I'm too lazy to pack a lunch. So I would end up going to the closest place 
for a 20-minute lunch. So I guess there were three things working. One, uh, you wanted more sleep. I did want more sleep. (laughs) One to lose weight. And so what we have deep inside (laughs) of us is sometimes we say we want something, but if we don't see the fruits of that happening, odds are there's a dueling commitment. There's something else we want more. And if you notice what uh, the great doctor was telling us earlier is sometimes maybe what our subconscious wants more is to not be hurt or to not be embarrassed or to not put ourselves out there so much. So maybe if you're out there in listener land, maybe one of the things that's happening to you is you're just, you have another commitment. You don't want to be hurt. You don't want to be exposed. You don't want to look like a failure. And um, until you uncover the dueling commitment, you're never going to be able to make your dreams come true. So which is the better one? Because I I just got thinking about it. I don't know that they're. I, I think they're both. They're both just goals. But here's the irony. Guess which one's operating. How do we know which one is the actual? So if I have two goals simultaneously, I'm going to know which one is operating by how. Whichever one falls uh, into neglect. Uh huh. So whichever one I'm doing, like going to McDonald's, the efficiency of my business was more important to me than my health. So you'll always know what goal is working or what's working by just looking at your fruits. And then you can usually track it back to what thought or goal or fear is causing that. So the dueling commitment, they're both good goals. I mean, it's good to make money and push as many clients through and help as many people as you can. Those are great goals. I mean, if you say so. Yeah, supposedly. I trust you. I trust it's you. All, but, so if I may have had three goals, according to Madison Alfredo, um, <laughs> and if I had three goals, then one, uh, maybe the the more real goal is I'm just lazy, <laughs> and I don't. So I pr- I produced another goal that I, I really just want to make money, and then I had another goal which is I really want to lose weight. So here's a little homework assignment for all you listeners out there in listener land, and for all you peeps that are looking at me like I'm kooky. <laughs> um. Go figure out something that you keep telling everybody you want to do and then ask yourself, so why don't I do it? And then you'll get an answer. It's scary. And then what is it about it that's scary that um, is so frustrating or worrisome for me? And then answer that one. And then ask, her another, ask another why question about that one. And you'll go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I believe you might get into that subconscious idea without even using the muscle memory thing. Know what I mean? Because I think that's a cool idea. I just uh, don't know. You know, I don't know. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take a break. And then we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to have one of Bryce Tobin's, BT's, great rants. You know how that guy can rant. Then we're going to just uh, wrap the show up, and each of the each of my peeps here are going to share with us their most embarrassing, um, self-sabotaging moment. <laughs> Psych! Just kidding. We'll figure something out. We're talking about self-sabotage, how to get down through the dueling commitments, get out into a healthier life, a healthier attitude. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Making polluted groundwater safer is now easier and faster thanks to a creative solution launched at NASA. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. 
During the Apollo era, workers used chemicals to clean Saturn rocket engine parts around the launch facilities. Later, those chemicals were categorized as dense, non-aqueous phase liquids, and the groundwater around the launch site was considered contaminated. It looked like cleaning up the mess without further damaging the environment could be a long and expensive process for NASA. But researchers at the University of Central Florida and a company called Geocentec worked with the agency and came up with an innovative biological approach to degrade contaminants in the water while the water is still in the ground. The solution is a technology known as EZVI, or Emulsified Zero-Valent Iron. EZVI uses an emulsion which can be injected into the ground at contaminated sites. There, it soaks up the toxic chemicals and breaks them down into non-toxic compounds. This bio-augmented remediation process works quickly, taking only months to do what used to take a decade. EZVI has become one of NASA's most popular licensed technologies as it's now used around the world to help make groundwater safer. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. It's hard to know what the most talk-worthy things and events of the world are, and that's why Kim Power Stilson and her guests are here to provide you with stimulating and informative discussion on the most talk-worthy stories of today. Join Kim and her guests for Talk Worthy, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, kiddos, to the Matt Townsend Show. We uh, are wrapping up our self-sabotaging show. We're doing what we can to help Skylar quit self-sabotaging the show. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go to Bryce Tobin. BT, he likes to be called. He is the great rant. Uh, the Bryce is right. But he one of the areas he thinks we self-sabotage the most is on our New Year's resolutions. And that bothers Bryce. And you do not want Bryce bothered, probably because uh, he doesn't like it because he hates failure. But he also doesn't like uh, this New Year's resolution problem because most of the time we don't even do resolutions right in the first place. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. Hey there, everyone. It's October. You know what that means. We're only two months away from taking stock of how badly you did at those New Year's resolutions you made 10 months ago. Oh, sorry, what's that? You haven't even thought about your resolutions in months? Yeah, you and everyone else. In fact, you probably dropped the ball before Valentine's Day. And don't even try to squeeze it in at the last minute. Look, I'm a big fan of procrastination, but trust me, even I know, the bigger your time frame, the less likely you are to pull it together towards the end. And what's worse, the fact that you're probably going to make the same resolutions come January because you didn't get the job done this year, or that you're going to make the same ones because you forgot which ones you made last year. You're going to do it. Don't try to lie to me. Here's why. We keep biting off more than we can chew. Let me tell you a story. Ever since I was a small kid, I've been able to consume frightening quantities of pasta. It's because I love the stuff, and it also doesn't hurt that I have a tremendous mouth. I also had the bad habit of eating enough to choke myself. So my mom developed the HELP rule. The HELP rule is very simple. If at any point she stopped me and I couldn't generate the word HELP, the bite was too big. If I said something along the lines of, HELP! She would take my food away. This is the kind of thing I see with a lot of resolution making. 
We all want the new year to be fantastic, and we all know the only way for it to be the best is for you to tackle some terrifyingly ambitious project. But you know what? It's probably going to be just like last year with all the same ups and downs. Even if you do manage to build a canoe and spend two weeks out on the river living off the land, you probably don't have a job, or your kids have been severely neglected. There's nothing wrong with keeping things reasonable and unremarkable. Like, one that's been itching at me for the past two years is to clean out my music library. If I don't accomplish it, well, first off, it's a testament to my laziness and inability to get anything done right. Besides that, my life will go on just about the same. The world will keep turning. Pluto still won't be a planet. I see other problems with the solution-based resolutions. These are the more popular ones like losing weight, reading books, eating better, learning how to play that instrument you spent way too much money on a few years ago. You know, the usual stuff. Want to know the reason why we have these problems in the first place? It's because there's no accountability to anyone but ourselves. And humans are bad at being accountable to themselves. So do you see why we're bad with these resolutions? It's because we keep making ourselves accountable to ourselves. Why do we have to make these year-long projects? Why not make them one-time decisions? Like to cancel your gym membership once you stop using it. Or when that awful ex of yours calls you up suddenly, maybe you don't pick up the phone. I mean, these things are going to happen, so why not make your resolution easy to accomplish? Look, if you're human, you probably shoot yourself in the foot more often than you're willing to admit. And one spot where I see a lot of self-inflicted gunshot wounds to the foot is the New Year's resolution. Just remember, low expectations are the best expectations. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow, your mom would be so proud. (laughs) But you know what? You know what's weird about you, Bryce? You're right. I am right. The Bryce is right. Okay, we didn't even need a show. We needed your rant. (laughs) Just do that and just play, you know, promos for... If we had just had your rant and then promo the rest of the time. No. But there's a lot of reasons we don't do what we say we're going to do. Or we don't do what we feel we need to do, right? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, that's how I would, like, describe my academic career. I should really do these things. That's a great hypothetical. Nah. <laughs> and then I do other things. Isn't that, yeah. But we, but we're, you're here. I'm here, so it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. We'll see. Haven't graduated yet. That's true. <laughs> but when you do, you can grow your hair out. I'm excited. You look hot. Um <laughs> So what gets in the way, guys? Not for you. You don't have to like, you know, you don't have to like disclose everything. But like with Sky here, Sky, nobody can even see it. But on Sky's shirt, he this is I think part of Sky's problem here is, is um, his shirt has two heads, and a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl, and eyes, and it's a it's a basically a chart where the eyes look at each other and then it engages the lips and I guess then they kiss. You need a shirt <laughs> to get you there. <laughs> no, okay. So this is this is a band. Oh, they're called Eyes Lips Eyes, and I guess they got their band name from if a girl wants to kiss you, she look at your eyes, then your lips, then your eyes. And they just put. I got the shirt because I like the band. Okay. He also got the shirt because he likes to kiss girls. It helps girls know. <laughs> if, Does that they, work? <laughs> yeah, this shirt works all the time. I think we got four today. Really? His shirt's really just just a flow chart. It's a flow chart for his morning uh, (laughs) regimen. That's just I. That's great. Okay. Just kidding. Okay, that is the fermata shirt. The musical term fermata is that little like sunrise looking thing that Uh means you can hold the note as long as you want to, depending on what the chorister wants to do. So this T-shirt guy's walking around with a fermata on it. Says fermata. Noun. Hold me as long as you want. 
<laughs> see, see, that's subliminal. You're, you're trying. Now, the weird thing is, is I don't. I keep looking at your lip, and then your eyes and your lip. And your doesn't eyes work and your with lip. you, Matt. Well, I know, but that's what's weird. Is <laughs> I don't want to go there, but it's like it just draws me. Um, weird. Okay, so anybody else got uh, what's? I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> we shouldn't have gone there because now we know. And now your parents are embarrassed. So <laughs> self-sabotage, we've all got it. We, we, anybody have a challenge that they need me to challenge them on? Um, because we, we all got to dig a little deeper here. I, I, I want to get, okay, here's what we're doing. On a, on a show a few days ago, um, Rob Sanders, a.k.a. Rob Saunders. Yellow. Uh, Rob just talked about how he needs to kind of get out of his box and go on dates. Well, so, I mean, I do, but ish. I mean, it's hypothetical. I, I go on dates with the girls I'm not interested in because it's scary to ask out the girls you want to ask. Okay, so here's our challenge. Here's my challenge for Robbie Saunders. Okay. That's Good your point. AKA because we don't want to ruin your name. Um, here's what we're going to do, <laughs> Too Rob. Too late. Because there's got to be some dueling commitment. There's something down on the subconscious level we might be afraid of. About asking these girls out. Homework assignment. I challenge you to go and ask someone out. Well, every Wednesday night I hang out with this group of friends and there's one girl there and it's cool. And okay. But He's, I'm like, oh, but I, you know, if I ask her out. Does it scare you right then, now? Then like she'll in your stop heart? answering the phone after a date or two like all girls do and then I won't get to hang out with them anymore. And that's well, scary. Okay. okay. So that's what's scaring you is you don't want to lose her. Well, I just don't okay. want it to be all awkward. Will you me. accept the challenge to ask her out? And we'll go brainstorm sure. before you do how to do that. And we might even get you a t-shirt like Skye's. Yeah. The Fermata t-shirt or the Eyes Lip Eyes? We'll do both. Eyes Eyes we're on both. Okay. That's the <laughs> test. You can hold my we're gonna come as back. long as you want. <laughs> and when we come back on the next show, we're going to be talking to Rob about his success stories. We'll do that Monday, actually, on the Matt Townsend Show. Stay with us, folks. Join us every Monday through Friday right, right here, 5 o'clock Eastern time, on the Matt Townsend Show, where we'll improve your lives and take your love life to the next level. We'll find out with Rob. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.